Nej, på et Well, Mona Lisa, Mona Lisa, man has named you. You're so like a lady with a mystic smile. Is it only cause you're lonely they have named you? For that Mona Lisa strain is in your smile. Well, is it your smile to tempt a lover, Mona Lisa? Many dreams have been brought to your doorstep They just lie there And they die there Are you warm? Are you real, Mona Lisa? Or just a cold and lonely, lovely world of art Their hopes all tumble down What does she want? I guess nobody knows Who is your smile to tempt a lover, Mona Lisa? Or is this your way to hide a broken heart? Are you warm? Are you real, Mona Lisa? Or just a cold and lonely Cold and lonely, a lovely work of art. I just a cold and lonely, lovely work of art. And you're listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And who do we have in the studio right now? Who are you? Uh, Randy the Ram Robinson. A.K.A. Mike. From the Molestics. Mike from the Molestics. If you could move a bit closer to the mic, that would be great. Yes. Now, aside from bringing a bottle of juice, you also brought your editor. There's a bit of foreshadowing here. Who do you have beside you? Mike, author of Confessions of a Local Celebrity, a brand new book. Yes. uh, And from the Molestics. Yes, thank you. And uh, this is... uh, my uh, good friend and editor, uh, Tamara Letkamin. Hi. Hello, Tamara. Welcome to CITR Radio. Thank you. And you are accompanying who today? Maybe you can tell who we have in at CITR. Who is Mike Soray, author of Confessions of a Local Celebrity? Uh, Mike Soret is an incredibly creative and talented... Sorry about the mispronunciation. Soret? Yeah, well, it's all an alias. Is that Soret, Tourette? Is that how it all works out? Yes. Okay, continue on, Tarara. Okay, Mike is um, one of the most um, incredibly versatile and creative people I have ever met. He is multi-talented. He is a singer, trumpet player, songwriter, and now author. And I can consume a great deal of alcohol and remain standing. And remember great tunes as well. What did we hear off the top of the show on an Art of Human Serviette radio show, Mike? And how does it relate to the molestics? 
Well, it, it nothing relates, uh, except, you know, we all end up in the ground. Um, but, um, you know, Twitty Town, you know, I mean, Conway, he, he, he was, uh, he, he, he did a, he did some terrible, beautiful things, and he got paid a lot more than we did for it. You know, I mean, we did some, we did some terrible things, we tried to make them terrible, beautiful, like, uh, his rock and roll version of Mona Lisa, you know, and sometimes we were just terrible. Um. We being the molestics. Yeah, yeah, my we... And yeah. you being the author of Confessions of a Local Celebrity. Yes, 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 that I wrote, yes. And you did remember quite a bit from being drunk the whole time. That's Rem- what I find really confusing, is you remembered everything. Yeah, I know, it's weird. It's weird when they, you know, they, they, they walk by you and they have intimate conversations and, and, they, and they think you're just passed out, you know, and, you know, they, they, they can see you shallowly breathing. Um, but, but actually, you're still thinking as, as, as like... As like everything that was inside of you has come out, and you're laying in it, you're still thinking, and uh, they, they, they get su- surprised years later to to see that I mean, like that even that you're alive when when so many better people like Larissa Fayad, you know, or T. Paul, like are dead, you know, losers like me, jerks, schmucks, you know, mean people are still alive. How about the band, the Molestics? Is the Molestics still around? Are the Molestics still around? And who are in the Molestics? Just to go back yeah. for people that oh, don't know. Oh, yeah, like yeah, when yeah, you yeah. say, we did this, yeah. we did what, you are oh, Mike Soret, right, right, author yeah, of Confessions a of a Local Celebrity, right. from the band, the Molestics. For people that don't know, the Molestics. Yeah. yeah, there was a band, we used to have a band, it was, it was uh, one of those kind of fake swing bands. We were really into the 1920s jazz. It was, uh, it was something that, 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 that kind of... That we always kind of liked. I I remember the very first time that I that I ever like liked jazz. I was I was I was in uh, was it, is that Tom's Foods on on Hayes, Harry's Harry's yeah Harry's Foods on Hayes on uh, on on uh, on Portage Avenue in uh, Ar- and uh, was it Arlington mm, around there. Yeah, yeah, Harry's Foods, and and I heard that song. I've flown around the world in a plane. I settled revolutions in Spain and the North Pole. I have charted. Still, I can't get started with you. And that was the f- the first jazz song that I liked. And then it took a long time to find anything that was jazz that was kind of you know f- like fun like that. And. Uh, and then, you know, I, I found this stuff and I liked it and uh, we started playing it. The Molestics moved to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, though, because was those references of Winnipeg? What was that? Oh, yeah, well, that's, uh, that's where, like, half of us were born. Or, uh, you know, more than half of us. We were, we were, we were, part, of that, we were part of that Winnipeg scene. But, uh, but, but we, uh, we started the band in Vancouver. So you moved to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and now there is a book chronicling everything. I smiled throughout the entire book. Usually I don't smile, but I did smile reading the entire book, Confessions of a Local Celebrity, and yeah. I didn't mind that there weren't any photos. Like it was Usually I'm like, why aren't there photos? But I didn't mind not having photos for the book. And also the yeah. book felt great, too. It yeah. really felt great, that sort of raised thing. Where did yeah. you meet Raymond, who put out the book? Well, yeah, that was you know you you find them 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 people on the road who do things you know. But this is the first book things, that Raymond yeah. has put together, and he's kind of an established artiste himself, being in bands, a graphic designer. Yeah, probably yeah. the coolest guy you could hook up with in Canada to put out your book. Like this, the book felt. Do you agree that the book feels good when you read it? 
How about you, Tamara? Like feeling the book? Yeah, I love it, and I love the cover. It's a it's a beautiful work of art. And yeah. what is the cover? Maybe you could describe what is on the cover, Tamara, editor of Confessions of a Local Celebrity. Well, I'll try to get the story right. It was a publicity photo taken. There's Mike in the middle wearing, what are you wearing? Uh, well, it's just my fi- favorite vinyl jacket. His favorite vinyl jacket and a cap that says Hokum. He's surrounded by four molestics in... Cop uniforms. Cop uniforms from the Winnipeg uh, police force. Yeah, from my uncle. Right? My uncle didn't like me very much. Of course, he didn't like me very much. He was a cop, and he didn't like me very much. But after he died, my my aunt gave me four of his uniforms uh, for the band to wear, you know, and... uh, it was, it was this was really strange there was this one time that the that i mean it's not in the book there's there's things there in the book that's in the, in the book you forget stuff you know then you put it's not but the book is really it's great story. because not only is the story to molestics, just like Chris Walter, who did a book on the history yeah. of personality crisis from Winnipeg, punk yeah. author Chris Walter. Do you know Chris Walter? Did you talk to him about publishing your book at all? Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, I have talked to him because because uh, when I, you know, when it when you when you start this writing thing, I mean, you know, I got to be an old man. I started this writing thing, and then I thought, well, okay, this is this will be a good way that I don't have to like you know. Um, be out there. I can just sort of like write. Um, it's time to write, and here I write. And uh, and then then I was uh, found out that that you actually have to like um, sell something some way. You know, uh, that's that's not that's not what I'm doing here. Uh, I like you. Uh, you know, I was thinking. When was the last time I saw you? Was it yeah, at was, Nick from the Smuggler's wedding? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was what were you about doing that. there? Were the molestics playing that That's, wedding? You did yeah. a lot of weddings, didn't you? And we'll get into the Golden Wedding Band in a moment. Was that the Golden Wedding Band that I saw you playing Nick from the Rock and Roll Band, the Smugglers and Transmitters Wedding? Yeah, was that the Golden Wedding Band? No, no. The other the other guys were like real full on molestics. You know, we like the Golden Wedding Band was kind of like the second band and of you know? course you have the connection to the smugglers as well because you had rolf in your band who at one time played with the smugglers a few did shows he? yes he did really and i mentioned in your book you don't call rolf rolf no no i call him sticks is there a reason why you didn't call him rolf because the whole book i was reading going sticks i wonder if that's rolf i wonder why yeah, rolf yeah. isn't mentioned in the book well because because i mean the thing was that that I, I this story I wanted to make it like a like a like a genuine like like a regular story like not not like uh, that this is uh, I wasn't trying to document something I was trying to like just sort of like tell a person's real feelings and and this is you know this is what you you know I uh, you know you you don't think that anybody's going to read this stuff you know. Yeah, you, you, uh, you, you know, when you're writing, when you're sitting there and you're writing, you don't think anybody's going to read it. So you just say what you're feeling, you know. And uh, well, what's interesting about the book too is like Chris Walters. Chris Walter, when he writes his book about personality crisis, you think personality crisis about Winnipeg, but it's not just about Winnipeg. It's about punk rock. It's about the yeah. Northwest, about California. Your sure. book kind of like is about Vancouver history of the mid '90s Vancouver rock and roll scene and a whole bunch of stuff touring in a band. So it's really interesting for people, even if they aren't particularly interested in maybe your music per se or punk rock music or any types of music. It's this neat account of the 1990s. I found it. Thanks. 
That's what was really neat. Confessions of a local celebrity featuring Mike Sorette. And Mike is live here on CITR FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, the Nardwarty Human Serviette Radio Show. If you have any questions for Mike, it's 604-822-2487, 604-UBC-CITR. Mike played in the Molestics, and you probably did see the Molestics, because the Molestics did quite a few gigs in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, didn't you? About how many would you say you did in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada? Oh, in Vancouver, I don't know, 150... You know, in a few years, though, I mean, it was like we really, like, piled them on. We took, we, we played any gig that we possibly could, you know, like, you know, small, big Christmas parties, whatever. You know, we really wore ourselves out. <laughs> but it was fun. And we your- didn't care. We weren't trying to anything. We we just were like, oh, hey, oh, great. <laughs> so that's what's really neat. You can look through your book and Confessions of a local celebrity and look for your name. I saw the name Grant Lawrence in the book, which yeah. was pretty interesting. And yeah, also, yeah. you yeah, admit- because you said that smugglers thing, and I and I ended up finding his bicycle. Well, I didn't find his bicycle. I found that he didn't lock his bicycle properly in front of like uh, some some CBC some- building. No, no, it was in it was in front of the Starfish. And I didn't know that it was his bicycle. I just saw that this guy with a Schwinn had like uh, had the u-bolt the u-lock like right it was sitting on top of the frame and i was like oh man somebody's gonna so steal that i feel like stealing that just looking at it and then i was like okay so then i like left the note that i attached to the like the u-lock and like and took it over to the sugar refinery and then then it turned out that was grants and stuff like that you know but like you know you name names in the book. Grant's name is mentioned. Yeah. You don't mention Ralph, though, Rolf, but you do mention Mike Serrate. You mention Ike. I love this little quote. Yeah. That other drummer, Ike, will call him. I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, he really you, was Ike, you know? Well, because the people... Like, Ike will call That other drummer, uh, let's just pick a name. His real name, Ike, will call him. I know, I know. I was like, I was like, I was so worried. Like, I called, I called Shoes... Shoes rather than Jill, which was his name, because I was afraid he was going to hate the book. But uh, but I was like totally sentimental about him. I mean, it was like if the people that I thought wouldn't hate what I'd say about them, I called them by their real names, you know. But like anybody that I was afraid would that would, uh, I gave him an alias, and and with you know with Rolf Sticks. As I say in the book, I call him Sticks. He was like, that was that was the conversation, you know. We 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 talked about it, and he's like, I read the book, you know, because I want to get their clearance on the stuff. So I, I, was, I was like, I read the book, you know. It's like, I don't know, I don't know why he made a big deal about some of this stuff, but the thing that really bugs me is you is you calling me is you saying that I suggested that I be Sticks. You know, so like, you know, if you have to call me sticks, just don't say that uh, that it was my idea. So then I, I was wondering if the real names, like we reversed the kind of way yeah. it's going around, how the fake names are the real names. Like how the fake names you use are the real names. Like Ike's fake name in the book is... Ike? Ike, and that's his what? real name. Yeah. So I'm wondering if some of the names that you put in there actually are the real names, and people think that they are the fake names. No, 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 I, I didn't. Uh, I, I well, well, some people had nicknames. I mean, I called Pops Pops, but he was also Clive Jackson. 
No, I mean, I... Yeah, that got me confused, too, because I was wondering about that, where Clive popped up. What? Oh, yeah, right, yeah. Because you mentioned I Clive. May not have, you don't Clive know. was Pops, yeah. I didn't... Clive Jackson was Pops, Jackson. I didn't always, like, maybe make that as perfectly clear as I should have, you know. Mike, author of Confessions of a Local Celebrity, mm-hmm. you were in the Molestics. Before that, you mentioned you were in a band called Zara Thruster. <laughs> yeah. Was that from Vancouver, that British Columbia, Canada? Yeah, yeah. Was that, that was Bryce thing? Bryce Rathmussen was he? In yeah, that yeah. Bryce and that second-rate Nardwar, uh, Rob Dayton, and uh, there was uh, the the my my friend Rod Bray who uh, who played guitar, who uh, who would like rub his like amp against the guitar, uh, you know. There was, there was, there was. What like did that some... band do? Did you play the Shindig Battle of the Bands? Did the Molestics ever play the Shindig Battle of the Bands? <laughs> you know, I considered that. I considered like, like you know, why you know I'm dragging this heaping corpse, and I don't know why, and you know, I mean, like I my 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 publisher thought that line was funny, and then like. Um, Stuart uh, over at the Strait thought it was funny, the thing about, you know, if you were, like, in Moby, you know, if you wrote Moby Dick, you wouldn't have to harpoon a whale, like, wise, you know. It's like, uh, you know, I'm an old man, you know. I, I'm telling these stories, you know, and it's kind of... I, 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 try, to, I try to be funny, you know, and if, and if anybody ever wanted to hear from me, you know, I try to give them a good show. But, um, you know... I love the documentation of the Vancouver scene. You mentioned the band Cumsock, and we mm-hmm. looked really hard to try to find some Cumsock, yeah, even on the web, to play. Sucked. How does Cumsock fit into your book? And you actually spelled right. Cumsock wrong. I did. Yes. It's well, actually S-O-C. But that's okay, because but, uh, but you like, spelled Brian Adams wrong, and you spelled Lou Reed wrong, I too. spelled Brian Adams wrong? Yes, you spelled Brian Adams wrong. Well, what the hell do I know about Brian Adams? Well, you spelled Adams. Lou Reed wrong and Cumsock really? wrong, so that's okay. You just kept it consistent. Really? Yes. How do I spell Lou Reed? You spell Lou Reed R-E-I-D, which is amazing. No, you're kidding. Yes, that's how you spell Lou Reed. And it's like one of the chapter headings, which is totally cool because it shows you weren't influenced by him and didn't care about him, despite many bands in Vancouver being influenced by him. So that's yeah. great. You had your own well, how, how, how the hell could you be influenced by Lou Reed? No, it's awesome. I mean, like, it's awesome. how the hell could you be in Vancouver influenced by Lou Reed? That'd be like... Like, I mean, the Beach Boys couldn't be influenced by Lou Reed. How the hell could a band today be influenced by Lou Reed? Well, you, you could know, be influenced really. by Lou Reed because John Cale fell off stage when the Velvet Underground performed in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and broke his wrist. And that makes me proud of the Vancouver connection to the Velvet mm. Underground. And you can actually yeah. buy the poster for that gig, a little handbill still at Neptune Records for sale if you really want to. So there's the connection there. But yes, a by the way, back falling? to Cumsock, though. No, yeah. no picture of him falling. <laughs> but there might be a picture of him wearing a cast. Because he actually, I think, had to wear a cast all up and down the <laughs> West Coast. And of course, he didn't hit it big in San Francisco and LA, and then they all went down after that. So it's your responsibility that the Velvet Underground never took off there. But I was living Cumsock, in Winnipeg. If we could at the time but you're not that old you're not that I'm old you're not that old. old you're not that old you would have not been able Matka to be at the Velvet Underground in Vancouver in 1967 you wouldn't have been able to be at that gig now, I would have been one year old but still you wouldn't have been able to enjoy the gig to no, the no, I was in Nova en- Scotia to the full extent you enjoyed Comsock Mike author of Confessions I've never seen of a Local Comsock, Celebrity yes. what can you say about Comsock you mentioned him in the book it was like the best worst band I wondered and hoped sometimes, you know, I mean, because it's like, 
You know, a band name is like a tie. You can only wear one. You know, and it's terrible because you might have like ten or twenty really great ties. You, I mean, like, <laughs> tell me. <laughs> I can. I'd like to ask you a question. Can you give? I wouldn't ask you to ask, even give like your top five favorite. Like, give me one of your good band names. You, you must think of band. Well, names, there's right? one from that time. That I really loved, Dirty Dick and the Trojan Test Pilots. That was one of my favorite from the mid '90s. Was that one of yours? British Columbia, Canada. That wasn't one of mine. It was no, no, like, one of yours. One of yours. One of yours. Like that. If you didn't, did you guys have... ever played the Lunatic Fringe Club? Remember the Lunatic? I don't know. Was that on uh, Broadway? Like... Yeah, you played there. I like a huge high drum riser. Did you ever play there? The Lunatic Fringe. Anyways, Dirty Dick and a Trojan Test Pilots played many a gig uh-huh. there. Mike Saray, yeah, author of Conventions of a Local Celebrity. How many conventions have you been to? Were there any swing conventions? Because some people thought <laughs> the Molestics were kind of in the swing scene. Were there swing conventions? Well, we because uh... of course back to the smugglers again. When they would walk around town on tour, people would yell yeah. at them. What are you at a Buddy Holly convention? Because you know right. they all had glasses and stuff what yeah. sort of conventions and conventional things we were yeah do? for sure we were conventional as we had to be um but uh, i remember we never got called fag uh, like um, as much as all times put together as we were in north bay you know we you ever played north bay man they really really like the tragically hip you know like if if you you know before you go to north bay First song you learn, it's tragically hip, you know. I don't know, I don't know what songs they wrote. Do you know, remember any? Yeah, you know, whatever. But anyway, so uh, whatever those songs the tragically hip wrote, they really like that out in Ontario, you know, and they think that's a big deal. <laughs> and it would be well advised if you're going to North Bay and you don't want to be considered a fag. I remember, <laughs> I remember we were walking down the street. We were walking around in suits in North Bay, and they were like. They were like, frag. We get that like, I, I don't know, five, seven times. And then we got on the stage and we said, uh, hi, we're the homosexuals and we're all gay. <laughs> and we played our set. And then and somebody came up to Jill. He, he just reminded me of that. And he was like, remember that time we played North Bay? And they were like, the guy goes, you know, I really liked your music, but, you know, I'm not gay. <laughs> you know? It's funny. North Bay, Ontario, right? Yeah. North Bay, Ontario, where the molestics toured all across and all documented. I don't know if that story is documented in the book. I don't think it is. No, Confessions of a local all. celebrity. It's out now. It's out now, and it's in yeah. stores. Where can people buy the book in Vancouver? Yeah, well, they could, they, they could get it over at Zulu or at... Uh, the what's that red cat? On? red cat red cat on main you know they could get it online but you you probably want to get it at the stores for my sake you know besides you'd save the two dollar shipping charge if you you know went to zulu you know because you wouldn't have to get it shipped you know? now did you spell the names wrong on purpose i gotta say this what game. names well what? all They're the like names the in the book. Like, you called promoter paul Merck. 
Paul Mertz. <laughs> I never heard of him. I really didn't. I wasn't sure he really existed. There is a promoter was, called Paul Mertz. Yeah, there you is. You call him Paul Mertz. But I thought you knew that his name was Paul Mertz. And if you called <laughs> no, him Paul Mertz, you get no sir. I had no idea, sir, had sir, no idea so that he, in that the case, I mean, I was, I was, I was looking at the thing uh, with my uh, dear editor here, Tamara, and uh, I was like, what? I, there's there probably is somebody named Paul Mers or something like that, you know. This is what I remembered it. I you know but this I is don't great. give this a. This has protected you because your inability really? to spell properly has <laughs> gonna stop. you gonna stop really? you from getting sued. Sued. What can he have really? You know I do. You know Paul Mers, whatever your name is. I Why was he mentioned I, in the book, by the way? <laughs> because that was what that was what my my label said. He's like, I was like, he's what was like, this instance about? Yeah, right. That was that one that industry doesn't exist. And he's like, there's there's uh, I want I want you to put eight people on the guest list. And I and I said, well, you know they, you know these industry people, they're, they 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 don't seem to exist. They they seem to just be these people that uh, that are like. Uh, like, I don't know. And you wouldn't put eight people on the guest list. Uh, and that would have been your big break, right? That's the essence of the story. That would have been your big break, right? That would have helped uh, somehow. Somehow, um, humor. And this is what I find actually a bit named... troubling, Mike, is yeah. on page 130 of your book, you say right. your band never made it big. Right. But who from your scene did make it big? Right. What bands from 1995 are remembered more than the Molestics? Well, and certainly now the Evaporators. And now, you baboom, and now yeah. you're going to be remembered <laughs> even more because of your book. That's what, what I find really troubling is you oh, weren't unknown. On. You are remembered. No, more that's people. ridiculous. Yes. That's, that's what you said to me that time when we were we're hanging out at that wedding in uh, West Van. You said, you, I said, I said, if like a couple of kids like the thing, uh, like the thing that we used to do, that would be a big deal. And you were like, oh no, there are. There's a couple kids already. That, it, that like this crap that you well, do I'm mean just saying, something like, to. When I was looking at you the know? names of the bands on the back of the Blue Lizard compilation, the yeah. only name I really recognized, aside from the Mink's name, was your band name, the Molestics. Like, the Molestics have lived on. Your name has lived on. And now you've got the book, so you're building upon that, too. So you are remembered totally, and you are especially remembered for the Golden Wedding Band, Mike. What is the what? Golden Wedding Band in the song we're about to hear right now? You have a warning oh, good. for listeners first oh right yeah this song um please listen to this song um, um but unless you're like under 18 or suggestible please leave the, leave the yeah, room yeah if you're there's suggest- some offensive material coming up yes please if you're suggestible if you're in any way by anything i wouldn't suggest this this is a story it doesn't mean to be offensive in any way but there's uh, the there's the f word 32 times and the s word once and this is the Golden Wedding Band. Yes. Yes, this, this kind of described what I did on the stage. And right after that, Emmett Miller. Who is Emmett Miller? Emmett Miller was the godfather of Western Swing. Emmett Miller was... The, go- the Golden... Sorry to interrupt. I was just inter- oh, okay. not- did he ever get his props? Did Emmett Miller get his props? Because I just interrupted you calling him the godfather. Oh, that's okay. Just a, a couple of like really amazing novels. 
uh, about him. But uh, other than that, Emmett Miller hasn't really got his props. And here is the Golden Wedding Band that came after the Molestics, and we have live on an Artwardy Human Serviette radio show, Mike from the Molestics, author of Confessions of a Local Celebrity. Parental warning. Please tune out if you're easily offended, because what's coming up? The word fuck 32 times and the yes. word shit once. Yes. Yeah, there was this, there was this time with this, uh, this, this guy that I was doing some roofing for, and he goes, uh, this, this, this guy was really tough, you know? I, uh, I, said, I said to him, I, I cut up my hand really bad. I was, I was like uh, trying to tear up some, some shingles. And, uh, and I bust up my fingers real bad because I didn't open my hand when I was like p- pushing down with the fork trying to tear up these shingles. And, and I had all this blood all over my fingers from these uh, open nails that were sticking out. And I, and I said, hey Brett, you got any band-aids? And he goes, fucking band-aids? Look at my fucking face! You think I got any fucking band-aids? You know, this other time, this other time I was there and I'm going, I'm going, hey Brett, you know these, uh, this, I'm tearing up all these tiles and all these ants are crawling around on the fork. They're not going to bite me or anything, are they? And he goes, yeah, God, bite you, bite you, holy fucking Christ. You're worried about the fucking ants? You fucking take your fucking fork and you tear up those fucking tiles or I'm gonna jump over there across my ladder 40 feet up and I'm gonna fucking bite ya! That was a great job. You know, I never would have quit that job but, but about a week in <laughs> I mean, it didn't take long, you know, but about a week in, you know, I mean, because the guy would fucking swear at everybody. He cursed everybody on the site. Wasn't just me who was working for him. Everybody was a fucking target, you know. That's the fucking painters. Did they lay down a fucking tarp before they did those fucking awnings? Holy shit. I'm gonna land on those fucking painters. I mean, he was a terror. He was a fucking terror, this guy. And, and I, I, I just, I really wouldn't have quit because it was, it was wonderful, you know? But, but then at some point, you know, when I, I screwed up his caulking gun, you know? And he's, and he's up there on the ladder, we're about 60 feet up or whatever, on this rickety fucking ladder. And, you know, standing on, standing on somebody's ease trough, pounding in a bunch of shingles, and he says, give me the fucking caulking gun, and it's all jammed and stuff, and he just, he just looks at me, he's gone, holy fucking Christ, you don't know how to load a fucking caulking gun, holy fuck, what the fuck are you doing here? How the fuck did you get this fucking job? How the fuck did I hire you? You don't even fucking know how to load a fucking cocking gun? And then he's, and then he, which was fine, but then all just all of a sudden, he just got all quiet. 
and his twisted, bruised face that had fallen from seven stories on numerous occasions, you know, and had gotten repeated nail guns through the skull, you know, and that kind of hurt, you know, but the big native guy who drove that nail gun through my head, you know, the guy just passed out cold, and there I was on this 70-foot ladder. This guy was 250 pounds, this bodybuilder. I had to carry this guy down on my fucking back on this fucking 70-foot ladder. You know, he passes out after I got a fucking nail gun in my fucking head. <laughs> you know, and this guy, I just, I just drove him speechless. He just stopped talking at some point when he realized I couldn't load a fucking cocking gun. And he's just looking at me in his queerest look possible. As much as a man can squish his face. He's just looking at me and shaking. And then I just, I knew I had to go away. I just said, well, maybe I should just go. I never saw him again.
you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwarda Human Serviette Radio Show. And who do we still have in the studio here today? Who are you again? Please introduce yourself again to the listeners. Michael Surratt. And we also have... Tamara Latkamen. All participants in the great book, Confessions of a... Local Celebrity. A local Celebrity. And what did we just hear there, Mike? That was God's River by Emmett Miller. A song that the Molestics performed and covered. Oh, yes. Uh, you, you couldn't help but perform that. That was such a beautiful tune. And before that, a live recording. What did we hear? A live recording from the Sugar Refinery. Yeah, that was some kind of idea about like what kind of, what kind of the shows I used to put on where I'd, I just kind of talked to the people, you know. Um, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't very much worthy past its own date, but it at the time, it was always a nice thing to just kind of like have a conversation with the crowd while everybody's drinking, you know, it's something that you can do, just along with all the other things. Were you one of the first bands to play the Sugar Refinery? Oh, um, pretty close, actually, you know, I, I hadn't given it much thought, but uh, but I think that was pretty close, you know. I mean, we knew Steve back when it was a booze can and stuff like that, and we were, we were playing those as booze can gigs. And that's that's when he like kind of latched on with us. It was, it was kind of funny, you know. I didn't say the flattering stuff. I mean, I really tried to avoid that as much as I could. I mean, there was there were some nice things that people said about us, and for the most part, I didn't mention them just because it just seemed a little, it would seem a little kind of weird or, or like redundant or self-serving or something. So I I didn't say all the. The, the nice things, but there were there were some people like Steve who seemed to kind of believe in us or something like, and you know want us to do our thing um, and it was nice uh, yeah in your book Confessions of a Local Celebrity, you reminded me again of James B's lounge lizard <laughs> from Toronto that made yeah. me smile. I forgot about him James B's what right? was the lounge scene at that time James B's yeah, I know. Uh, good old James B. He he did this uh, this this lovely thing, which uh, you know, if I uh, if the markets weren't crashing, I would be afraid of like uh, the slandering uh, uh, dear old James B. You know, he was actually supposed to set up a date with me. And the guy from the House of Frankenstein, what's his name again? We the have Billy a, Zane. We have a caller right now. Hello, what? are you there, caller? I am here. Would you have a question for Mike? Confessions uh, of a Local a, Celebrity. I have a. I, have a, I, I love the book. Okay, hmm. hold on. Uh, can put on the How headphones. You're going to have to put. On, Mike hates putting on headphones, don't you, Mike? And you have to. Plug, yeah. You have to plug in. Oh, right I, I have to put. Uh, not only do I have to put the headphones on. You have to on, put the headphones in, and I you have, have to, to plug in. Caller, maybe you in. could tell the people what book you're referring to. Conf- the, the confessions. Uh, actually, I, just, I don't have it in front of me. I lent it out already. It's really great. Um, confessions of a local. Celebrity. A local celebrity, written by Mike Sorette, who is live here in an Ardwarty Human Survey Radio Show. And Mike, can you hear the caller? The caller has read your book. 
Can you hear me? No. Caller, are you there? <laughs> I'm here, yes. Can you, Mike, can you hear? I, I have a story of the first... Can you hear, Mike? Oh. I have a story of the first molestic show at the sugar refinery. What about it? I, um, I actually had dragged you guys from another... Uh, from Deviate. You guys were playing at Deviate. Yeah. And I knew Steve, and I kept telling him that you guys... Come on, uh, you are... There. You, you are Scotty. Yes. Go ahead, Scotty. Uh, hi. Yeah, I was uh, drunk, and I was a love affair one night, and we, we went over to Deviate to get some miso fries or something, and, uh, and you guys were playing there, mm-hmm. and I ran over to try and drag Steve to see you guys play, You're but right. he, couldn't, he couldn't leave the sugar refinery, so after you guys were done, I dragged you all over the sugar refinery, and then you played for a pitcher of beer, and once it was gone, I think you guys stopped playing, but then I think you guys played like almost every weekend after that. Well, for sure, and we've got lots of pitchers of beer for free from Steve, like, since then. Did you like the mentions of the local Vancouver scene caller in the book, Confessions of a Local Celebrity? Sorry, what's the question? Did you like the mentions of the Vancouver local scene and the lounge scene as well that was mentioned in the yeah, book? I, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. Mike a lot. They're, they're, it was kind of a silly time, but uh, um, it was great to have a band like the Molestics that were uh, so funny and so um, always more drunk than than us which you know like the the people that went and saw the molestics were pretty drunk right. but uh it's always great when the band was was more, <laughs> more yeah so. we, we we tried to take that that step beyond for the audience we tried to let them be less drunk than us no matter how drunk they would be i was always willing to be more drunk than the drunkest guy in the room Thank you very much for that, Mike. Yes. Well, thank you for phoning for in, caller. Sacrifice. Any other questions at all for Mike Soret, author uh, of Confessions <laughs> of a Local Celebrity? Um, he said he, he did leave out a lot of the good stuff, but maybe maybe, uh, maybe it's some of the stories that didn't make the book. What about them? Let's hear them. What? Like, like at the good, same bad. time? I don't know. I, maybe they just made the editing room floor. Editing room floor? <laughs> Christ. Yeah, no, it wasn't, it, it was in no way like a conscious process. It was just like, you know, it was just a kind of a, you know, an, a, a blah thing. You know, just like, all right, here's the stuff. It started out, it was just like 16 pages. You so know? was it a journal to begin with, or you knew you were going to write a book? Yeah, it was, it was more like a journal. It was more like, it was just more, well, journal. Like, what am I, like Bridget Jones? <laughs> No, it wasn't like a journal like that. Oh, dear diary, you know, today I avoided drunken sex again. Why did I do that? And remember, it's you know? okay to insult the caller because he's already read your book. So it's okay to insult true. him. He's yeah, already we, read your book and enjoyed and it. And we know each other. Well, thank you so much for phoning in, caller, and do 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 and you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and an Ardwater Human Survey Radio Show. If you have any questions for Mike, author of Confessions of a Local Celebrity, and Mike from the Molestics, 604-822-247, 604-UBC-CITR. That lounge scene I mentioned there, Mike, James B's, all the bands yeah. that I mentioned in there. The Squirrel Nut Zippers. What do you think about the Squirrel Nut Zippers? I'm interested in them right now. I never was interested in them. I kind of yeah. stayed away from them because a guy that played in the Squirrel Nut Zippers, Andrew, Andrew Bird, has Andrew Bird yeah. now kind of taken off and getting big. And I'm thinking, like, he's got the Squirrel Nut Zippers on his resume. What right. were they like? I really didn't think that they were all that great. Yeah, I never saw them. Uh, I probably would have saw them if we could have got in free, but we couldn't. You know, the the other band... 
got to open for them. Um, but <laughs> we, uh, yeah, no, I don't, uh, Andrew Bird, we, we played with Andrew Bird a couple of times. It took a long time to get that bird to fly, but, uh, but it's a, uh, you know, it's, it's a good thing that he, that he, that he does the, the thing. It's, uh, I think that, that, that maybe like being like, I don't know, was that they're North Carolina or something like that? That's probably kind of like similar to like Vancouver, sort of here and or there, you know? We're, the Vancouver is pretty here and there. I think a lot of I, most of Canada is pretty here and there, eh? Like we're all just these little floating islands, right? And uh, you know, North Carolina seems to be kind of uh, the same sort of way that you gotta sort of make up your reality a little bit. And How about Combustible Edison? Com- uh, what did you think of them? They were another band from the lounge scene. They were on Sub Pop. Combustible Edison. <laughs> Or, Mike, <laughs> author of Confession of the Local Celebrity and Lounge Expert, Dave Brubick's Kid. That was a right. question that yeah, was yeah. asked of you earlier by the yeah, music yeah. director. What was that gig like? You played with the Orange Symphonette yeah. at the Starfish Room. And Dave Brubeck's Kid was in that band? Right, yeah. Right, yeah. He played some pretty good jazz. And then, like, uh, and then there was that guy from like the Tom Waits band there. Uh, Ralph Carney, and uh, he he was a nice guy, and and he called me the King of Holcomb. I didn't mention that in the book, because like like what are you gonna do? Like you're just gonna like say every time somebody said something nice about you, like. How interesting is that going to be to read? Well, you approached it I the just, way that most authors do do it. Like, if you're an editor of a magazine wanna, and use letters to the editor, you never print the good letters to the editor. Right. You want the hate mail printed up there. And that's you what just, you did. Hey, well, hate mail to Mike Soret, a.k.a. Confessions of a Local Celebrity, you, you as just, written by Mike. Like, you wrote your own hate mail, which makes, makes me well, think that... that would be an interpretation. If other right? people just, wrote the book, would it be more hateful? Like, you beat them to writing it. Oh, that might be possible. I mean, I remember when I was talking with my friend, talking. I mean, that's such a... I was drinking with my friend, the captain, the other day. And uh, and he was saying, Mikey, Mikey, how close did you cut it to the bone? And I was saying, I, I thought I cut it close to the bone as I could. And he goes, did you, did you talk about how much everybody hated you at Deviate? And I'm like, no, I didn't know they actually hated me you know there's those, those kind of things you know i've never really been a kind of a hate person too much i liked i liked funny stories you know i mean like i was i was like thoroughly beaten abused by like all kinds of variety of people but but like uh you know i didn't really but how about the positives a- what opportunities did the lounge scene get you like you guys got on the vicky gabbro show yeah and we got to travel and we got to meet hank from from uh, Larry Sanders, uh, where was go. that? That was on the Vicky Gabbro show. Uh, we met who was on uh, who was on the Mike Bullard, Al Franken. But but like Al Franken wasn't running for governor of Minnesota at the time. He was just the guy who was like, I'm Al Franken, you know. So I didn't have anything to say to him at the time, you know. How about the Blue Lizard? What can you tell the people about the Blue Lizard? Because that was your record label. Yeah. Yeah, they were, you know, they were just some guys who, you know, they were like, hey, let's see if we can, uh, you know, make a couple of bucks. You know, they were just, uh, they were just, you know, they were like a couple of 
idealistically entrepreneurial sons of bitches, you know. Uh, and again, it appears expressed here of only of Mike from the Molestics and don't respect, don't reflect the employees here at CITR. The employees here at CITR. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, so, so certain jobs like, you know, 7-Eleven or something, everybody's an employee, you know. And but at CITR, nobody, it comes down to but, it, but at CITR, when it comes down to it, we're all employees. But at CITR, you know? nobody is an employee. <laughs> nobody's an employee at CITR. Right. And Vancouver rock bands, nobody's an employee. You do it because you love it. And that was so great. You're on the Blue Lizard record label. Right. Your band, the Molestics. Yeah. But you also help participate in a stunt against the Blue Lizard. Yeah. What can you tell the people about that? The July 4th toilet lounge stunt. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was, that was, that was funny. And it's... Uh, because you had you know, a lot of nerve. You infiltrated your own bosses and tried to pull a prank on them, and they still paid you at the end of the night. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, you know I, was, I, was, I was just thinking about all that kind of stuff and about, about infamy and stuff, and I was, thinking, I was thinking this might be a good time to apologize to my, to, to my good friend Adam Sheps, you know. Like, uh, there was the, this whole kind of... We, we, we played the song over at our show... And it was a it was a song called Hitler Lives, that was like uh, this this uh, this this weird fifties country tune about uh, if we forget Hitler lives Hitler lives. So I he was offended, you know, um, because uh, because there was not not because we sang that song, but because the audience was laughing about the whole thing, and I. And I, I just want to say that uh, you know, the uh, when 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 people would give a hard time to to the Is- Israelis with the with the situation, where we have to consider also that that in Canada, we've taken somebody's country, you know, we we give a you know, we we want to be like nobler than thou, thinking that that we understand. Like the Israeli-Palestinian thing, and that that's really straightforward. But meanwhile, we're living on somebody else's land. Okay, well, you're being heard here loud and clear on CITR FM 102 cable. Really, you didn't turn me down. Did you keep me up on that? How heard were you across the country? How heard were the molestics across the country? Were your CDs in all the shops across the country? Yeah, I don't know. We sold like three or four thousand of each. You know, they were okay. Uh, Did you know Michael Bublé from back then? <laughs> I, I know you played with Lee Aaron. Yeah, Michael Bublé. Uh, Tarara Bublé. I, uh, no, we didn't. We were, we were, you Did know. you ever see him perform? Did he ever see you perform? Because he would perform right across the street from you, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. I remember he was, like, uh, doing some show at one of those cigar bars on Granville that they had for that really brief amount of time. And, uh... I uh, I remember we we got a thousand dollars to open for him one time at Dicks on Dicks, you know, and we just took the money, you know. It was that's great. You got a thousand because you are a yeah. master negotiator, aren't you, Mike? Because a lot of bands were like, "Oh, we get a chance with Michael Bublé, we'll play for a hundred dollars." Christ, what are your no. hints to bands to try to get more when you open for another band? Because you won't always accept it. Wait, because don't a lot of times promoters say, "We well, are lucky to play this gig." There's bands that'll pay to play. How do you get such good money to open for a band? Well, you know, um, well, my Baba used to say that uh, we. You're only alive once, and you 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 only have this life one time, and so 
uh, when are you going to live it? You know, it's like you're going to live this thing for April wine for the next six months. Well, actually, or are I, you going to live? Are you going to live every day for yourself? I have actually a little correction to make. And we're speaking to Mike, author of Confessions of a Local Celebrity. You mentioned about a local band going yeah. on tour with, with April, April Wine, and yeah. I think you're referring oh. to the band Jungle, featuring Mark Kleiner. Right, but they that actually, was it. They actually did not go on tour with no? April Wine, and this really? kind of summarizes. That was it, Jungle. You know that what was they it. actually did? Mm. They did two dates on two separate weekends yeah. at the Breakers in Point Roberts. Right. So that was their tour with April Wine. Just oh, okay. Well, that for you okay, there. well, good, because uh, I, I feel better for him. And he also but, got uh, to open but I mean, up. Like, but also- he, he, was taught, he was bragging about that he was going to go on a full tour. I mean, I knew him. He was living there at that... And we also worked at Deviate. Mark also worked at Deviate, too, I yeah. think. But the thing about the Sister Lover as well, of course they bragged about April Wine. They also bragged about opening up for Enough's Enough and Warrant. Like, Mark loved all sorts of stuff. So when you mention in your yeah. book, he plays April like Wine, it's like it's, myself, it was kind too. of a tongue-in-cheek sort of thing. I hope people yeah. got that because the Sister Lovers were all about having the fun there or the jungle were having that fun. But to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. What were you going to say about Michael Bublé? You got a thousand bucks to open up for Michael Bublé? That's amazing. That's like a gift. Sure. Sure. I remember one time we, uh, we, we, we had like, we got about 350 bucks or something to play the Starfish. You know, there was the, it was a pretty good night. We were headlining, you know, there was, there seemed to be about a, I don't know. I thought there was something in the range of, of like 150 to 200. You know, not a lot, but okay for the starfish. Kind of a pretty good, but a little bit slow night, you know. And we got 350 bucks. And then the next night we played like like one of those kind of like uh, industry uh, yuppie Christmas parties across the street from the starfish for $1,800, you know. The life and times of the molestics. What was the most food that you ate before a gig, Mike? What is the most food that you ate? You mentioned about eating five Subway subs. Like you never turned after. down any food. That was after, yes. I thought before a gig. a gig you would sometimes oh. eat a lot. No, Because you no. take the free food. Doesn't the free food come before the gig? No. No, no, not usually. Because you, know. you uh, love the free food was... and you never turned down the free food. But it was you always ate afterwards. You never ate before, eh? I mean, food is... By food, you mean a, some kind of code for alcohol? No, I meant actual food. Actual food. Actual food. No, no. No, I was kind of fat, but I wasn't really that fat. No, what I, I mean, meant I by that was you never turned... every single... But no, like a lot of bands, was... they turn down... Like, if there's any food, you guys yeah. would eat the food. And I just was wondering, how yeah. full were you ever when the most full you've been performing? Well, that would be that time that I did have those five Subway subs in Portland... I think they called it some kind of Dada festival or something. There was like the cavemanish boys, these guys in their forties, like in garage in, rockers. Yeah. Oh God, it was like such poverty. You were like, you just like you felt sad. Really, like you 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 just felt sad to be a man. However, I think you know? one of those guys actually was in a band, the Miracle Workers, and the Miracle Workers were okay. friends with Courtney Love. And you really? like Courtney Love. You like Courtney Love. Both dissed Olympia. Hypothetically, you both dimp dissed Olympia because you yeah. said Olymp- we were in Olympia, a normal right. shithole, which is kind of yeah. interesting that you dissed yeah. Olympia like Courtney Love when a lot of people oh, loved Christ. Olympia in the mid nineties. You know the yeah. indie rock scene. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we, but we we weren't we weren't that we weren't, you know, we weren't one of the 
I mean, did do you you remember like how bad it was for Nevada clones around that time? It was like you just couldn't, you know, you couldn't like fucking uh, farting, pooping, crap. Sorry, I will. Uh, you know, is that God? Is he? Did he hear us? No, I'm just looking. Okay, I'm just looking up. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, you you know you couldn't uh, you know you couldn't like swing a dead cat without. Like hitting a uh, you know Nirvana clone in that time, and so Mike, how did you stop hecklers? In the book, you mention mm. an amazing incident how you threw out a pen difficult. and paper. That was amazing. Yeah, you threw out a pen and paper oh, and told them to write I down tried. stuff. I tried. That's that was, awesome. Well, that was that was one thing, but I really, I mean, like I have a theater degree as well, and I and like I I was really good at improv. Um, and I, and I tried all sorts of things. I tried to play off of that guy, you know, cause I had to. Now was that Pierre Trudeau's son that was heckling you, but he was there? No, 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 no. He was just there. I wonder if he was the one that, that got killed like six months later. I seem to have some nasty powers that way, you know, like, um, you know, uh, you weren't polite to us in our first interview, but you seem to be doing well. But uh, but I have seemed to have like killed people sometimes, or some people have seemed to have coincidentally died sometimes around me simply, you know, by giving me a hard time. You know, that's not a hint or anything. You know, I I mean, like you know, I I recognize that some people can certainly give much better stink eyes than me. You know, and there's. A, there's people that have thrown me off for great periods through my life. Uh, what was the question? Well, on page 137, you mentioned something about a band that hired a narc bass player. What was that? <laughs> yeah, that was what great. What band was that? I don't know. I don't know. But that was a great story, wasn't that? Yeah, what was that about? It was only yeah. like two sentences. Yeah, I know, I know. I, I had to put that in there somewhere. And it was just driving me crazy as I was writing this other story about the industry. And then I, then I think about the about the band that <laughs> that was looking for a bass player and hires this narc. And, and he busts the whole band and all their friends, you know. And it's just such a funny story, you know. There was that story. Did you ever hear that story about... Oh, I probably, you know, I probably shouldn't even say the name of the band if I can't clear it with you. But there was this band that played, like, you know, up in, like, Prince Rupert and stuff, you know? And, uh, yeah. You can't remember their name, but you do remember the name of the band. And you gain our Mike, author of Confessions of a Local Celebrity, a book all about, well, the molestics and the 1990s rock and roll scene and even... The 1980s scene actually it's about everything. You mentioned a band that did the song called Pickle Jar. You never forgot the song right. Pickle Jar. What, yeah, what band but do you was know? that that did that? I have no idea. Do you? Like, who have you forgotten? That's what I was wondering. Who have you forgotten? I had no idea at the time. I didn't know what they were doing there. I don't know I don't know that other Portland band that went South Africa coup d'etat, you know, or, or any of those horrible Portland bands. I mean, like, it just, I couldn't believe that they were like... You know, that they were all, they were all like, you know, I mean, I grew up in Winnipeg and I said, Portland is like Winnipeg. I mean, when I say horrible, I don't mean like I don't have any tolerance. I mean, I, I find it interesting, you know, because, uh, because I, because I've, you know, if somebody's going to be like, you know, do something a little different and stuff like that. But it's like, they were all different. It was, it was strange how, how Portland was so different. 
Mike, author of Confessions of a Local Celebrity, you mentioned about a club in San Francisco, a right. club being our club. What was the name of that club? And why oh, didn't you name... Café du Nord. Café du Nord. And why yeah. didn't you mention club names in your book? Sometimes? Is that because you wanted to be booked at these places again? <laughs> no, not on my life. Not on your life. Uh, you know, not with her dick. I, I did not... Um, not that word? No. Uh, I did not uh, intend... To uh, I did not intend this to be part of a comeback, uh, and but you didn't name the names of clubs like Cafe du Nord. They liked you there. It said you had yeah. a good reaction in the book. Yeah, yeah, but but also at the same time, the whole thing, kind of, the thing was that that yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't about getting booked for anything. It's uh, it's that it's that you uh, it's that you're just trying to tell an honest story. And um, and if you started telling people's names because maybe you might get a show or something like that, then that would make you hold back from telling the honest story. And and I felt that that just telling that story was was the only thing that I was really here to do at this time. How about the MC in Seattle that counted in every song yeah. for you? Where did that occur? That was pretty interesting. And what was that all about? An MC made you do special intros. Oh, she would. Uh, you know, we would we would start to to we would start to play the song, but then she would like uh, tap on the edge of the stage with a baton, and then and then like bring that uh, that swing one twenty two or whatever. Was this discussed ahead of time, or did it just sort of get foistered upon you? Uh, it was kind of discussed, but we were like we we're like she said, well, you know, we. We want to play Lin. We want I. You know. We want to hear Lindy, and we're like, well, you know, we'll do as much of that as we can, but we're gonna kind of be a band. So you know, yeah, I can you- something can some things not be exactly Lindy, and be like, well, yeah, we'll try to be adaptive and stuff. But like, we didn't really think that that like you know, we just. Uh, you know, it wouldn't wouldn't matter what the song was. I mean, you'd have some slow blues that would be counted in Lindy. You'd have some fast swing counted in Lindy, and it just uh, it's just it all had to be that way. And Tamara, you can actually get this book in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, but also throughout the web as well, the World Wide Web at a special website. Yes, you can. You can get it at the um, the website of the publisher which is the Belgravian Press, so I'll spell that for you, www.belgrav, as in Victor, I-A-N-P-R-E-S-S dot C-A. And winding up here with Mike Sorette, author of Confessions of a Local Celebrity, you play United States of America quite a bit, and you went across the border quite a bit, and you delved the border quite well because you could, quote, talk cop. Now, yeah. Is it true that you would talk sexual stuff to the actual border guards? You would brag about your sexual <laughs> consequence and the border guards would actually be into that and actually let you through because they saw that you could talk cop? No, uh, but there was uh, just that one little amusing story uh, just where they, uh, yeah, where I uh, was able to, uh, the, the, the I was talking to my friend and he said, He's, and and I was talking about having sex with a girl, and the cop said, in your dreams, and I said, no, if she was in my dreams, she would have been prettier. 
ba-boom. And then the cop laughed and, welcome to United States of America. Yes, cop humor, I call it. Now, when you get money, you fuck on the bed with the money. What was that about? (laughs) Yeah. On page 59. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't really have any other good stories for Eddie. You know, Eddie's such a... Uh, such a like straight honest dude now uh, that I just kind of thought that that he would just want this one kind of out there story uh, that that would uh, but yeah he uh, fucked on a bit of money and I warned him about it and said that uh, I said you know someone else might have been fucking in that money you know and that made it gave him the heebie-jeebies. Toronto agent that booked you fake shows. Did he really book you fake shows? Like, had he done it to anybody else before? We had no idea. We we didn't know what his psychosis exactly was. We just were like, we thought we'd be okay. We get there and the shows don't exist. You know? He said they were shows. We talked to him. We all talked to him. We... It wasn't like our first year and all this. We'd been doing the stuff, uh, whatever, five years, uh, four or five years. But, uh, you know, we played lots of shows. We talked to lots of people. We thought when he said that they were going to be shows, they were shows, but they weren't shows at all. Mike, author of Confessions of a Local Celebrity, winding up here on page 183, you say, I am a stone myself like Zampano. What does that mean? Is that a allusion to local band Zampano, Jason Zampano? Uh, no, no, no. That's, uh, that's an allusion to La Strada, uh, starring Anthony Quinn. And you remember that scene where he laid on the beach and he was like a stone. And there was that earlier scene where the uh, clown said to the girl uh, when he was telling her that she needed to stay with Zambano, he said, you know, uh, even a stone needs love. And uh, after she died, he was just like, he just looked like this stone. On page 167 of the book, Mike, you write about waking up really stiff. This was after the cops are at your place in Toronto. Was that a stroke at all? Because there was some pretty heavy, serious health issues kind of mentioned or alluded to in the book. How are you doing health-wise? How are you doing? And what's next for you? Oh, um, I, you know, I don't know. I, I'm, yeah, I, I wanted to die for a really long time. Um, currently, I don't want to die. You know, which is really tough because, I mean, you want to die and you're begging God to die and you're doing everything you can to die and then things get better and you want to live, you know? It's, it's, it's goofy. So suddenly you want to live and you're like, and you're like trying to like paddle away from like that waterfall that you've like spent your, all your time paddling towards, you know? And, uh... So I Well you still have another book to write. What I don't know about tempura, right? That's your next book. What I don't know about tempura? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I th- I thought like some silly um cooking stories because people don't really realize I was I was thinking about one one of one of the things about cooking stories. I I wanted to make it like a like a story of like you know fry cooks and stuff like that and and about I just thought about this one little idea like that, that if you see somebody bending bending down in a kitchen, you know, 
they're probably picking up some some part of your meal that they're going to put back on your plate. And uh, yeah, I just kind of thought a, a story about about my early years as a fry cook might might be amusing. But I but I've I've actually like written like hundreds of thousands of words worth of. Uh, Stories, including confessions of a local celebrity. Well, yes. thanks so much for coming into the Nerdwater Human Serviette Radio Show here today, Mike Soret. Is that how you say name, Mike Soret? Am I pronouncing it right now? Yes. Not Soray. No. Okay, great. And also, we have Tamara, who is the editor of Confessions of a Local Celebrity. Check out the book. You can buy it locally in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. You can get it on the web from Belgravian Press. Yep, .ca. .ca is available locally at, you were saying, Zulu Records, Red Cat Records as well. And, Mike, coming up right now, we have something from live from Thunderbird Radio Hell. What are we hearing here? This is the Molestics live on CITR. This particular track. track, Yeah, this particular track you want to hear. Why did you want to hear this? Because I don't remember how the words go. It was uh, was some silly pot smoking song. It was. But it, uh, it was. I think it was okay. And after that, we'll have CITR Sports, but we might get a chance to kick into a few other tunes. Sorry if we didn't get a chance to play them, but I must say, it's great that you've documented all this in Confessions of a Local Celebrity, because who else would document these? Nobody would document this stuff. In fact, today we didn't get a chance to play the Vertical Laughter cassette that you picked up. Who else would pick up a Vertical Laughter cassette and then bring it home and think about bringing it out to an Artwarty Human Survey Show? Vertical Laughter, an important local band from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. We had the 7-inch all lined up. You know, next week or the week after, I'm going to play it on my Nardwari Human Service Radio Show because you've inspired me to look after the vertical after. So anything else you want to add to the people out there at all, Mike? What, what, what sports are coming up? We're playing right now. Yeah, what the Molestics, we? track nine. Yeah. Anything else you want to play? Anything else you want to say to the people out there at all? Confessions of a local celebrity, the Molestics. Good night. And do-do-do-do-do. Do-do. Come on, Jill. Oh, well, give Ted that, give Ted that loony. I gotta get a beer, man. Oh, hi, how's it going? Um, peace. You know, free the weed. You know. Oh, yes, good evening. Welcome to CITR Radio, Thunder Bay Radio Hell. And, uh, here's a, a beer. And, uh, we, we, we are the, the Majestics. And we have some special songs written just for you, just now. We don't even know what they're called yet. But let's call it Blanket Boo. Yes, just for you. Just now. On Radio Howl. Hey, I know that song. Alright. I know that one. Under a blanket of boo. Just you and I. Beneath the stars. Wrapped in the arms. Of sweet romance. The night is ours. Under a blanket of boo Let's eat some brownies Then blast a bag Smoking it helps The hash kick in Then sit back and listen to some groovy tunes A summer night's magic Enthralling me so The night would be tragic If you weren't here to share it, my dear, under a blanket with boo-boo. Yogi and I, beneath the stars, wrapped in the arms and picnic baskets, under a blanket of boo with boo-boo. Ha! 
The following is a live presentation of CITR Sports. Hello and welcome to 101.9 CITR. My name is Shane Woodford and you're tuning into CITR's Friday night sports coverage. And boy, do we have a beauty coverage for you this evening. Trinity Western versus Calgary Dinos. Vern Knopp and Daryl Wiener are down there. We're going to go to them pretty quickly for some pregame action. We're going to have Canada West uh, semifinals coming up. Brandon versus UBC will be the late game. Daryl Wiener and Doug Richards will be uh, doing the play-by-play in color for you there. we got some exciting UBC basketball action right after the Dinos and Trinity Western. Uh, that is an interesting matchup. Of course, Trinity Western beating Calgary this year without their star player, Jacob Dirksen in the lineup. Dirksen, of course, Canada West Player of the Year. And the Dinos aren't lacking in power either with brothers Henry and Ross Beckering. It is should be an exciting first game matchup and like I said we'll have the Thunderbirds for you at 7 o'clock. Let's go to War Memorial Gym uh, where Doug Wiener should be standing by with Vern Knob. Doug, are you, Daryl, are you guys there? almost had it there, Shane. Oh, I'm sorry man. You know, I'm, I'm always so excited about this whole thing that I just can't even keep myself in check back here. Awesome. No worries. Thanks a lot, Shane. Appreciate it. No problem, You're, man. We'll, we'll get it right as the night goes on, hey? Absolutely. I'm going to practice as soon as I go off air. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Welcome, everybody, to War Memorial Gymnasium. I'm Daryl Wiener, and along with me for this particular game, we have a newcomer to the color commentary booth, Vern Knopp, assistant coach, UBC Basketball, calling a Calgary Trinity game. How you doing, Vern? I'm doing great, Daryl. Just want to uh, thank you for uh, having me on board tonight, and uh, Thank Doug Richards for uh, keeping the seat warm for me for the past nine years. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, Vern, Canada West Final Four weekend. And, you know, tomorrow will be great. You'll have the bronze medal and the gold medal game. But this is really the big night of the weekend because if you win your game tonight, both winners of the semifinal games tonight, that guarantees each of those victors a spot in the national championship tournament. This is a special evening, isn't it? Oh, it really is a special evening. It's a great evening. Um, all four teams are looking forward to this uh, all year. And knowing for the past week that they'd be uh, representing their uh, universities tonight is uh, a great honor for them. So it should be some great basketball tonight. All right, Vern, let's go over the two teams we're about to watch right now. It's going to be you guys, UBC and Brandon, at 7 o'clock. But we've got a very good game to start off the weekend right now. The Calgary Dinos, 17-5 and on the year, taking on a team that you guys beat last weekend in the Canada West Pacific Division Final, the Trinity Western Spartans, 17-6 and on the year. Trinity led by Canada West. Player of the Year was announced yesterday. Jacob Dirksen, Calgary not lacking in big men themselves. They've got the Beckering brothers, Ross and Henry. 
be a great uh, matchup for, uh, between the uh, two teams tonight. Um, uh, Jacob Dirksen's uh, numbers speak for itself, being Canada West player. Probably going to get uh, very strong consideration for player of the year as well. Um, it should be a good matchup with him and Jamie Vaughn going up against the two 